three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back everyone, I'm Simon Severino, your host, and today we talk AI. We want to be pioneers here. Everybody's talking AI. How can we get one leg further uh, forwards? How can we be part of the forefront of the conversation? And not just the conversation, but maybe how can we have an easier life, a better life? Can it help us with content creation? That's why I asked Julia McCoy to be here because she is the OG of this. And I hope uh, we will learn so much. I have my notes here. I will take notes and I will implement everything that she will share with us. So welcome, Julia. Oh, thank you, Simon. Love it. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. What brought you to this topic? Mm, that is the million dollar question. Well, I was a writer for 11 years, so I love to write. It's my thing. I dropped out of college to figure out how I could make money doing it when I was 19. And I started a writing business um, and three months of building a freelance business. I had more clients than I could handle. So I was like, let me just start a business. Didn't know anything about doing that and started a business. And we were what, actually one of the first to launch an e-commerce platform for human writing services back in 2014. So I was able to do a lot in the industry. In 2021, had 100 people passed. We were nearing 6 million total in sales, and I decided to sell because I saw GBT getting better and better. But I'll tell you, in 2021, I did not think it would replace any part of what I was doing. I was so skeptical because, you know, we're talking like I saw the article spinner in 2013. You talk about garbage. <laughs> that thing was horrible. So that's what I was used to with AI. But when GBT came out and it was one, two, three, now we have four, we have five coming, which is AGI, which is a whole nother thing. Talk about Skynet. We can go into that if you want. <laughs> but when at that stage in 2021, you know, I sold the agency because I had been doing it for 10 years and I just wanted to get out and do something else and see where I was going. So in 2022, I spent that whole year full time as a coach consultant really did some amazing things that I loved doing, helped 10x a couple people's businesses. And it was an amazing year. Um, and at the end of the year, here comes ChatGPT in November. And it had, 100, um, had 1 million users in its first week, 100 million in its first three months. Turns out it's the world's fastest adapted to technology. But when I used it as a writer that sells content by the word, and usually I get paid anywhere from 500 to over a thousand per article because it's so expert level. I didn't find ChatGPT even able to save me time. It was adding garbage to my workflow. So I was known that year because I have some followers. I built up um, a brand called Content Hacker with eight books. So I had people looking to me, what AI are you going to use? Which one are you going to recommend? And I was like, none of them. And I was on stage that year saying AI is garbage. <laughs> so then this January, I decided to get really serious about researching AI because of the rate of adoption. I'd never seen anything in my life and I'm in my early thirties. So granted, you could say I haven't seen much, but I did see the internet come along and that was incredible. So here comes AI and it's like, looks kind of bigger than the internet. 
So I'm like, I better get into this. So in January, I research a ton of tools and I'm asking all the founders the same questions that I asked last year, which was, what are you doing for the lack of facts? What are you doing for the superficial output? What are you doing for inaccuracy research? And that year, 2021, sorry, 2022, there was no good answers. It, it was either really terrible answers or I was ignored. <laughs> like, let's not worry about that. You have to worry about those things if you care about content. So in January, I found this tool. I was watching a video from Adam Onfroy, a top affiliate blogger. And this tool that he showed in the video looks like my workflow. It had the SEO editor there. It had all of the tools The it looked like it had grammar editing built in. It had the SEO formatting, it had headers, structure, everything was there. Plus it was writing the content and it wasn't just writing like ChatGPT generates content. It was 2000 plus words at a time, fully formatted. And it was all original, it wasn't plagiarized. So I was like, what is this? It looks like somebody has figured it out. So I immediately checked out that tool. It was called Continent Scale and gave it to my writer. She came back to me after a day of using it. And she's like, we're going to save seven hours per blog using this tool. Like that's how much time we're actually going to save. So, and at the time, you know, I do hundreds of blogs. So we're talking hundreds of hours of savings. And then the cost associated with that goes way down because I'm hiring writers too. So I'm like, okay, this looks like if I were to bet, if I was a betting person, I would definitely place a bet on this tool potentially replacing me. And I had never been able to say that. So knowing that I jumped on a call with the founder. I was like, how can I work for you? Here's a marketing plan. I'll give it to you for free. <laughs> like, what can I do here to join this ship? And the founder is Justin McGill. So he's not your average um, VC funded type of person that's just in it for the exit or the quick bug. Like he really comes from a background of content marketing, SEO, building real businesses for 25 years. So he was serious about it and making it a real solution, which I really appreciated. So we jump on that call. He offers me VP of marketing. I, I say, sure, let's try it. Even though I'm an entrepreneur, I don't know how this is going to go. And then three months later, I pitched him on being the president because I was doing so much and it was so much fun. And then fast forward to this August, I'm now the partner. I sold my business content hacker to content at scale. So now that company owns mine and I'm going all in because I really believe this is the future. Who are the people you are working with on the client side and what are their questions when they come to you? Yeah. So we, we definitely help, um, three different groups. It's the affiliate publishers so people that build big websites and sell programs, services, tools. They're the affiliate publishers of the world. And then we service the freelancer and the marketer that's looking for time savings in their content creation. And then we serve the executive and their team. So teams of marketers that need a robust solution. So it's a whole wide group of different people. And it's really cool because we get to see so many use cases. There was a marketing agency out in California. I was on a Zoom call helping them basically adapt to our whole process we call AIO, which is artificial intelligence optimization. So think about it like you're in the driver's seat of the AI. You're no longer writing from scratch because that life is kind of dead. <laughs> if you're still doing that, it's a stone age of content. Can't believe I'm saying that, but that is where we are. So they ended up saving 25X on their cost whenever they adapted to the mm -hmm. use of the AI tool with one writer driving the machine because one writer can do 
that much more 25 X depending on, you know, the industry that you're in. One thing that, that we get asked a lot is how can I use ChatGPT to write in my style, having my soul without mm -hmm. it being generic? Yes. Yeah. Good question. So that is a whole world that's emerging of personalized AI. And that's something I think that will be incredibly valuable. I don't even think we know, like the people I talk to on a on just a normal day-to-day -day basis, they don't know what AI can actually do here. It's going to be incredible, especially as we enter GPT four and a half, five AGI. So GPT, the incredible thing about it and what Content Scale has built is multiple LLMs. So it's not just GPT, it's a stack of technology and they built it in a proprietary way. So what this AI can do, ours and GPT and other models coming out is train on your style. So you basically feed it your content, your voice, and it's going to learn on that and mimic your style. And I'll tell you, I've, I've tested this with content at scale, trained it on my content hacker voice, fed it my blogs. And for me, blogging is such an art form. You know, I've studied under some of the best bloggers in the world that had the most reads, 9 million plus reads for one blog. And I've learned that style and it took me nine years. So I fed the AI tool my blog hooks. And then a week later, I think it was less than a week, it's writing the blog hook, like a brand new one based on a keyword and a topic. And it's so close to my voice, I didn't have a single edit. Like it sounds just like Julia. And I'm sitting there going, what? And I literally had to walk away from the computer, take a breath. <laughs> like this is here? It's that good? So I think the personalization side, I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's something we don't even realize like what's coming and how we can really truly model these LLMs after our style. Yeah, uh, our team and I, we were wondering how to do that. And we, we went in ChatGPT4, there is this thing, use your profile, your voice. And so we described our voice, then, then we, we gave it some input, right? Videos and, mm. and articles. And then we said, can you save this? And it goes, no, I can't save it. But if you trigger me, if you say use the strategy sprints style, I will remember. And it actually remembers, but just five, six days. And then we, and then we have to refeed it and what we're uh -huh. doing. But then at some point it, it saved it. It actually saved it as the default style. So when it asks you, which style do you want to write? We can go. And it says uh, compact, descriptive, strategy sprints. And so we click it and and ev every single person on my marketing team is, is not a native speaker. So we are all terrible. Uh, <laughs> but we want to express our journey, our voice and our learnings, right? Our failures of the week, our learnings. And so now ChatGPT is actually helpful for us. Yes, that's amazing. I think that um, the pitfall that <clears throat> businesses are experiencing, especially in the corporate enterprise zone, is whenever you feed ChatGPT <clears throat> that background of information, it feeds that LLM at large. And so anyone else can now be like, oh, use the strategy sprint style and basically mimic Simon. And that's a concern we're definitely seeing 
where uh, you know some enterprises like Samsung actually ban ChatGPT because they don't want that happening. So something that, for example, continent scale, not to, no, I just wanted to find like the difference um, in the project area, it saves all of that and keeps it to you and you only. So it actually doesn't feed the LLM. It only stays within your project area. So that's something I think that there's AI is amazing, but we have to ask ourselves, do we want it feeding the beast? And in some cases we do. Like we do want our books, our content out there, but in some cases, if it's our style and proprietary to us, we might not want that going out to everyone else. It's a good question to ask. And and another question is from people who have kids like you and, and, and I, and who say, oh my God, I don't want to spend my whole day uh, cr creating content. I have to, mm -hmm. but it's not my main job. I just want to be top of mind in the few people that really matter. So how much time should I put into content creation? How, how to efficiently organize a week of content? Yes, that's a great question. Yeah, it's interesting, pretty mind blowing what you can do with content. If content is the meat of our marketing, and it really is, it used to be the hardest thing. And I've heard it said, like, we're now in the golden age of marketing because content, the hardest thing just became easy thanks to AI. So I think if you're thinking about well, how do I maximize this? How do I really set up my week for success and get out of like, let's say 80% of the time? First of all, think of your goals. So what are your goals with your marketing? Is it to build a traffic stream on autopilot? Is it to get social media thought leadership built? Like think about your end goals. And for me, I think of marketing, I have a baseline and then I have this creative, I wanna say lane that's open. So the baseline marketing goes out with or without me. I've removed myself from it. That baseline is always the blog because it grows like a snowball. So the more you blog, the more evergreen traffic you pick up from Google and that just continues to grow and grow as long as you stay consistent. So for that, you can remove, goodness, 80 to 90% of the work <laughs> with the right AI writing tool. So you want to find a tool that truly knows how to write content that ranks in the top of Google. So it has to be original, has to be long form, has to be formatted with H2s, H3s. Um, so it's important you do your research and you find the right tool. And that's what Content Scale has saved me a ton of time in because it was the only tool I found that could actually create long form content that does rank in the top of Google. Surfer's another one you could test out as well. Um, so think about your goals and then work backwards from there, which AI tool will actually fit that goal. And ChatGPT is great for brainstorming to help reduce time on like if you need an email newsletter title, um, email copy, all kinds of little different things. ChatGPT is great for that, but work backwards from your goal and it'll really help you identify, okay, which AI tool and how do I actually use it? Another question we get a lot is titles. YouTube seems to be totally around titles because if they, if you want them to even open it, click it, the title is actually the whole game. Yes. And so everybody's trying to find out What's a good title? Do you have a anything to share on that? Yes, I think um, definitely tapping into data, right? So always doing your keyword research. That's true for blogs, video titles, um, just almost anything you post. What's the data around this topic? Do people like it? Do people 
is there a search volume associated? So vidIQ is a great tool that I use for YouTube titles, keywords, all that research. And I look for something that has a trending um, search volume. So it's increasing, not decreasing. And anything around AI is probably going to be increasing. So that's a great approach. And then you want to look for a low competition. So, you know, if it's a tough competition, you're probably not going to rank in the top of YouTube. But if you find those low competition gold mines, oh my goodness, you can shoot to the top of YouTube. So definitely vidIQ, it's a great, great tool for helping you identify which um, which keywords am I going to go after? And then once you have that keyword, which is usually anywhere from a three to six word string, then what I would do is take it to ChatGPT and say, hey, help me expand this into a viral YouTube headline. And then bam, that's a winning formula. I've used that to create videos that are getting, well, back in the day, I didn't have ChatGPT, <laughs> but I used vidIQ a couple of years ago. And sometimes these videos, they take some time to get to the top of YouTube. Sometimes they don't, depending on the competition, but there's some I've seen that are now getting 30,000 views a week. So if you use that strategy, it definitely, definitely works. Think low competition oh keyword, map it yeah. to a title. Oh my God. Thank you. You're so generous. That's a, that's an amazing process that you just shared. Let's go slowly for people who may be do it, doing this the first time. <laughs> so you use a tool which is called vidIQ. First yeah. thing you do is you check for headline um, research, uh, search volume. Is it increasing or decreasing? Yes. Then yes. you, you look at the competitiveness of that. Is it even reasonable to compete for that title? Correct. So how hard it is. And, yes. then, and then you get keywords. That's not a title. That's keywords. What's, yes. what's, what's a keyword for people yeah. listening? Yeah, a keyword is defined as something that somebody types in to find something. So if they're typing in how to grow my coaching business, that's a keyword or mm. uh, strategies for wealth building. That's a keyword. There's a bajillion different keywords that people are typing in every day. So you want to get found for those keywords. Mm -hmm. And that's an organic process of creating literally the best content to compete for that keyword in SERPs. Like what's the best content? How am I going to dominate the SERPs for mm -hmm. that keyword? So YouTube mm -hmm. and Google are much the same. Like you're going to think about the process very, very similar. What's that keyword? How do I create the best content? And with YouTube in particular, you know, it really comes down to what I've seen is like the level of expertise you have for that topic. That is, and it's funny because that's the same thing with Google. It's topical authority. You want to build on that mm. topic and you want to stay on topic. So you don't want to talk about like something Google says in their search quality rater guidelines that they rate everyone against to get to the top of Google. They talk about not talking about cooking on a financial website. So make sure that you stay topically relevant in all of your content. That'll actually help all of your content go to the top quicker. Oh my God, this is so good. I have to double click here after a word from our sponsors. What if your business would run well, even when you are on vacation? Discover how 1,600 business owners have regained their freedom using the Strategies Prints blueprints how they enjoy living their dream and watching their business scale. Get the exact checklists they use to go from stressed to fulfilled using the Strategies Prints method. Order your copy of Strategies Prints 
12 Ways to Accelerate Growth for an Agile Business on Amazon today. And if you love it, leave us a review. For more information, head over to strategiesprints.com. Topical relevance and topical consistency. Now, does it mean we have to pick a fight, pick an area, and then stick to it for years? Isn't that boring? Mm, yes, and we are. We don't like that as humans, so I totally get that. And the answer really is <laughs> yes, but here's how you can think of it. So if you think of it like this is the lane I'm going to use to build my business and I can create like topical buckets, then the sky kind of opens up with what you can do. So for example, Content Hacker is um, actually the time we're talking it's not live yet, but it will be by the 31st of October. It's going to be a place for marketers to learn AI powered content strategies. So how do you build profitable content using AI? So if we think about our topical authority there, what do we want to be known for? What are the keywords people search? So we identified, I think it was four different buckets. So we have a bucket called inspirational and motivational. So that's like how to build mental strength, how to, learn the law of attraction. Like those are things that our audience cares about. So it's topically relevant. And then the other bracket is SEO content strategies. Very clear. That is a hundred percent content. Oh, that's it. And then the next strategy would be how to actually build a business because we have people that are learning content strategies that want to build a business and offer that as a service. And then the other strategy or the other topic area bucket is content marketing as a whole, like the industry where it's going. So if we stay within those four, we've created like four lanes that we can drive down at any point and explore topics. And we still like, we're going to have a plethora of amazing unique topics to find and go down. So it's how not like, okay, you, only talk how, about content. How did you find out that those are the topics that your people want to see? Yes, we do something pretty deep. Um, typically you hear, you need to build a persona. You need to like survey your people, find their commonalities. But what I like to do is market research with an actual customer. So what that looks like is I'll get on a zoom call for an hour, basically treat it like a free service. Like I'm going to give you coaching. I'm going to consult you, or maybe it's a customer that actually paid me for that call. So I find like, that's the best way to approach this. And then during that call, you just listen to their problems. Like that's it. You just, what are, and you can ask them questions because people love telling you their problems in the hopes that you'll have a solution. So it's like, oh, well, what causes you to stay up at night? What, what's the pain point behind why you're not able to achieve that? What have you struggled with? What's the reason that you've been held back for 10 plus years? So as you listen to them, and this is very easy to do on a coaching call because they're already coming in with that mindset, then you just look for what are, the questions that they have, what are the fears that they have? And then that turns into those pillars where you can pull topical authority from. And those four that I was sharing with you, that's hundred percent based on a whole persona that I outlined, share with my writers. And these writers now drive the AI. So they're not, you know, sitting there creating content by hand. Our cost has gone down so much, but that's what they listen to first and learn from is that call recording with that real person. 
So we always think of them whenever we're creating content. And if you do that, like you won't go off into the weeds of, well, this is my personal fascination, which I think is our temptation and our weakness as a content creator and mm -hmm. just a human in general is, well, I have interest and I want to talk about them, but hold on. Does your audience really care? Or is mm -hmm. that your interest? So you always have to think about that. Yes, that's such a balance that I have that every week. Will I tell them what I'm learning right now or um, what they need right now? Yes, very How good. How do you handle that if, if you know exactly, oh, they need topic X, but I don't feel it. Uh, I would just research something and create it, but it's not coming from my soul, from my truth right now. How do you find that angle or do you find a way to, to make it interesting and you still deliver yeah. it? Yeah, great question. Well, that goes back to the two levels of marketing that I always have. So the one level that just takes the pressure off my back is that baseline marketing and that's the blog. So I've 100% handed that off to a writer that's using content at scale and they've tripled their output. So that writer is just pulling from a huge list of keywords that we have and they're writing content consistently and I just read it and it's good to go. And what that does is that builds up our traffic on autopilot. So we never have to worry, oh, you know, you don't want to be that cobbler that is in, ever in a place of not having your own shoes. Like that is just never a fun place. And after 11 years, I want to have a business I can exit, right? So the way to do that, have a baseline form of marketing that dominoes, that snowballs. And then that second level I treat as creative marketing, the socials, um, posting there. So the way that I get ideas there is I think about um, something shocking or crazy that happened to me that can be a really good story. And then I post that and then I wait for conversations. And those conversations on that story, well, why do you think that? Well, hold on. What about this perspective? Well, hold on. So something I did yesterday to test this out was I posted a receipt of what Facebook paid me for six months of doing reels. And it was horrible. I saw it. Yeah, you are getting paid by <laughs> Facebook. Nobody here is getting paid. And my point was, which relates to the topical authority. Hey, guys, this is why you need to build a business. Don't ever rely on the platforms because they are not in your interest. They're in their interest, which makes sense. So one of the comments I had <laughs> that prompted another post for me today that totally came from my heart um, was, well, Julia, you know, you should be grateful for anything. And that comment really made me realize there are people out there that have the wrong mindset because here's what happens whenever you settle for a yes on one hand gratitude key if you don't have gratitude like your whole life is off balance so i completely agree with that perspective but on the other hand if you're settling for that you're not making room for the bigger opportunities so that was my next conversation was based on what that person was commenting and there's just so many good things that come from starting conversations. And the way to start conversations is always, always to do something controversial that exposes something that busts a myth that shocks people's normal way of thinking. If you do that, you create conversations and out of those conversations can come your best inspiration for new content pieces. What's the most fun right now? in content 
marketing for you? For for me right now, it's it's being on X and just commenting and starting conversations and commenting and contrasting ideas. I find it to be so fun. I've delegated all social medias to my team. It's not really me answering there, but on X, that's actually me. Do you have something like that mm-hmm. where it's actually you and it really feeds your soul when you do that? Yes. Yeah, I would say, weirdly enough, um, <laughs> the platform I am able to build the most rapport on just really gets me inspired and I get incredible responses. It's actually Facebook. Facebook. So, yes. So I was able to become a creator there last year. So I went from just, you know, a regular profile over to a creator profile. So with that profile, you have more reach. You have um, incredible, like your story visibility goes way up. So I'll post mm. things as I'm inspired and the responses are amazing. How did that happen? Did, did you get an invite from Facebook? Are there any milestone to reach? Yeah, you know, I think it's accessible for almost everyone. It's just buried in the settings. <laughs> if you go to your profile, go to settings, look for creator mode. It's either creator mode or creator settings or something like that. And then you tap on it and then you tap another button that says turn on. (laughs) So I found that button after I probably had that option available to me for a year and I didn't even know it. So I kind of hate Facebook really needs to do better there with telling us that this is available. (laughs) Everyone, if you're listening, go to your Facebook profile, go to settings creator mode and turn it on (laughs) that simple (laughs) yes and so what changed since then now when you post something what's different yeah so under that creator profile you have access to you can actually run ads straight from your account that has friends on it which is incredible um you can boost posts from that so you don't have to actually use your page anymore you can use that I'll probably shut down all my pages because the reach on the profile is just, it's insane. Um, and then besides reach, you can activate verified subscriber. So that's, you know, that's a pay to play thing. Now meta totally copied from X. And so it's pay to play and that's available under the creator mode. You can just so pay people can you pay you to see some extra content. That's available on Instagram. I don't think it's yet on Facebook. The way Facebook's doing it is they're calling it stars and they're only associating it with reels. So if you post a reel, you can turn on stars if you're in the creator mode and then people can actually send you stars. This is true for live streams too. And then that stars turns into basically cash that goes into your account. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened recently. Um... Uh, Robin, Robin Waite sent me some 50 stars and I was like, Robin, what is this? Is this something that only you cool cat have? And he said, no, it's a new thing, Simon. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> okay. So what's next? What is happening in social media? Where, where are we in three years? Hmm. Where are we in three years? Well, <clears throat> that's the question. <laughs> I think that we'll be so much removed from the things we have to do that like, we'll just be doing this, you know, showing up live, more conversations, the work of our actual business and what we do will be automated for us. We'll be deploying AI agents. Like it's just incredible what we can do in our teams specifically with AI. 
And it's interesting because a lot of people hear that and they go, oh no, that means my job is gone. No, what that means is we can adapt to a better, brighter future by just simply learning how to use these tools, get ahead, basically do what the farmers did when the tractor came out, learn how to drive the tractor. It didn't reduce crops. It didn't change how we harvest. It just changed the actual tools we use during the harvest process. So this is much the same. It's going to completely reinvent what we do. And I think like it's actually going to make room for us to be more human. And I'm probably one of the only people saying that, <laughs> but I really believe that. I think it's going to create room where we can just show up, be human, have more conversations. I know I am because AI is doing more for me now than I, you know, I was behind a computer writing for hours and hours and you didn't see me. So I, I can show up and actually be more human. So I think that's the beautiful thing that's going to come in the next three years. Um, there's going to be a ton of change and we just have to be ready for it. We have to be open and willing to adapt. I totally agree. The whatever a machine can do, a machine should do. And, yeah. you know, you will have so much more time to spend with the with the actual important people in your life, with your kids, with your audience, with the people that really need you. Right. There is your yeah. audience and you can go live more. You can share more of what's going on. You can coach more people with your content. You can inspire more, actually. And that's the human part of your work, right? And being there for your community. Yeah. Tell us about your community and where, where can we find your work? Where can we join your communities? Yes. Well, we are six days away as we're talking in this podcast. We're six days away from launching a community that will be completely new, um, different than anything I've done. So everything will be at contenthacker.com. That's the website that I ran for three years that was kind of like my personal brand, but now it's becoming, um, it's funny, the original idea was I was the content hacker. So I trademarked the name. I kind of set up myself as like the personification. So we're changing all of that now that Content Scale bought Content Hacker and it's becoming a destination for people where they can identify as content hackers. So we're creating this incredible group where you can learn from experts every week. There's networking, meet and greets. There's a ton of courses, resources, and that will be just 20 bucks a month, which is entirely crazy. So that's opening at contenthacker.com. And our whole goal is, you know, to help you learn how to do content and not feel like you're in this echo chamber. Like, how do I actually use these tools? How do I track the profits? How do I track growth? What are the real KPIs? You know, 11 years, I have seen over and over businesses get lost in the wrong metrics for content growth. And there's key metrics you want to pay attention to that truly equal growth, like conversations, sales. But like, how do you do that? How do you actually walk that path? So that's what that community will be for and solve that problem, hopefully in the long run. But we're really excited to launch that. So that goes live the 31st of October at contenthacker.com. This is so cool. And I wish we had three more hours because I have 200 questions that just popped up <laughs> in my mind. So I will ask you back, Julia. Yeah, I will let's ask you it. back. And, and even, and even uh, share, get up the community to, to also bring their questions. And I will ask more. And I will connect everywhere on socials. Where, where should we connect first? Instagram, X, YouTube. Where should we go, Julia? Yes. Well, I love X, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. Those are definitely my top. 
So I'm Julia McCoy on all those platforms. You can find me. Would love to connect. I'm sharing, you know, a lot of um, what's happening as it happens. So you'll see like inside looks, you'll see um, sneak peeks at things. Like it's just, it's a lot. So let's definitely connect and you can find me Julia McCoy. And on, on X alone, you have 20,000 followers. Are you making money also on X? You're crushing it. Oh, thank you. I ran a Twitter chat about seven years ago and that thing did really, really well. So it helped helped definitely grow my presence there. But no, they're not paying me. <laughs> I'm actually paying them. <laughs> I'm do paying you, an ad. Spend. <laughs> do you run spaces? Should people run spaces? Mm, yes. Well, I'll tell you, um, whenever Clubhouse came out, I was actually one of the people spending hours on Clubhouse. And what I found um, was you really want to Think back to that concept I explained earlier, which is like the baseline form of marketing where you've removed yourself as absolutely growing your channels every day. And then that creative lane. So if you ever say get lost in, oh, let me just let me just test and play with these new platforms all day and your baseline doesn't go out. Well, you know, that new platform is so unproven. What could happen is you lose all of your audience there in a matter of a day. Like, let's say if that space goes away and nobody's going to remember you, but you have lasting visibility on things that are more evergreen. So that's why I would say, yes, like play with it, but don't don't spend too much time there, even though like, yeah, you can make great connections. But where are people going to actually find you and buy from you? You have mm. to be pretty ruthless. <laughs> Sometimes it's not fun to be ruthless. And what's the have... best ba baseline? Is it is it still a an email subscription, a, an unpaid or paid email subscription? I would say the best baseline, like we're talking people that don't know you at all, entering your world and then liking, trusting, subscribing. The best baseline is the blog, simply because Google brings in eighty percent of the world's online traffic. So. That is like so underestimated in 11 years. It's been my form of marketing by 99%, um, you know, for five years, like I didn't write books. I didn't go on stages. It was the blog building me to seven plus figures a year. So what you can do with the blog that's often completely missed because we think of it as like it, the old thinking was, oh, let me just run a blog to tell people about my life, my haircut, my dogs. And so that was how the blog started. But what the blog has evolved into is this incredible content marketing vehicle. So with all this traffic hitting Google, 8 billion searches per day, if we map the blog to a search phrase that our audience has, like how to, how to build a sustainable business, how to achieve X amount of wealth, like all these phrases, like let's say your person is searching for, and then you get found in the top three for that keyword. Oh my gosh, like that traffic is a gold mine. And then all you need to do is map that to an email subscription. So email is your next step, 100% after the blog. How do you get that person to move to the next step? It's going to be email. And it's funny because I've heard, oh, email is going to go away completely. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> we still read emails. It's not going to change. It is our life. It's a habit. I don't know what I'd do without email. It's almost more important to me. Well, I know it is. It's more important to me than my text messages. So mm -hmm. that is still like the tried and true won't go away. And we have to remember that instead of like what's flashy, um, what some influencer told us is cool. <laughs> like just 
put some horse blinds on and remember the evergreen stuff and how well it works. Julia McCoy, everyone, thank you for being here, sharing your journey, your wisdom, your concrete tactics and processes with us. And please come back soon. Thank you, Simon. This was such a great conversation. I'd love to. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days. What if your business would run well even when you are on vacation? Discover how 1,600 business owners have regained their freedom using the Strategy Sprint's blueprints. How they enjoy living their dream and watching their business scale. Get the exact checklists they use to go from stressed to fulfilled using the Strategy Sprint's method. Order your copy of Strategy Sprint's 12 Ways to Accelerate Growth for an Agile Business on Amazon today. And if you love it, leave us a review. For more information, head over to strategysprints.com.